I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week you have me and you have Leo. Hello, everybody. And our guest this week is with us from the East Coast of the United States, and his name is Rob Epiphania. So let's bring Rob in. How you doing, Rob? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for Good. having me. Fresh off a weekend of teaching, I'm sure you're fully energetic, ready to go. Oh, totally. We, we Our flight was 6.30 a.m. this morning. <laughs> oh, yummy. Not at all jet lagged or tired or... No, no. I, just, I was just doing Instagram Live, actually. <laughs> okay. You're going to double your pleasure today. Let's have, let's have fun. Can't wait. <laughs> all right. So, Rob, what we normally do is we take a minute. Uh, we ask a few personal questions. Uh, to get to know you, and then we move on from there. Okay. All right, Leo, take it away. All right, so these are really hard-hitting questions, uh, especially this first one. So uh, there, there is a right answer to all these questions. Just be uh-huh. advised. I'm just uh-huh. setting you up, you know, so you're not disappointed when we kick you out early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first first question, probably the most important, what is your favorite movie? Oh, See, see, I was thinking about this because I heard you guys with Matt. I kind of cheated a little bit. <laughs> okay, right. That's good. Um, I don't, I don't particularly have a, a favorite, but you know, the, to me, I always like the John Wick series of movies. Like they always, always, always love them. I can watch them over and over again. Okay, upside that is one of the right answers. Yes, <laughs> so, victory. It's kind of like far, shooting. Yeah, thus far you're doing okay. Okay. All right. Um, so next question. Uh, shifting a little bit from the visual and more towards the contemplative, what is your favorite book? So I currently have two of them. Um, okay. One of them is called Winning by Tim Grover. And the other one is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. So I bought the audio, buy the audio version of David Goggins' book because it is awesome. It has like a little podcast as well throughout the book. I listened to one audiobook for six months last year, and uh, it was that book. And I listened to about fifty-five hundred minutes of it over and over again. Okay, is that good? That's a lot of minutes. Yes. Now, curiosity question: Sure, is he reading it, or is someone else reading it? So, someone else is reading it for him. He reads the introduction and the outro, but there's okay. about two hours worth of podcast in it—two to three hours worth—and he is part of that so like like okay. that's like how we're talking they're doing back and forth and it's it is really really good really really good for you know now is it him and like jocko or is it just him and no whomever? it was adam adam yeah adam skolnick was the guy that he he chose to do it okay. i mean he, he did a good job reading the book and if they seem oh. to have a good dynamic in the podcast part of it okay <clears throat> so that was, cool. that, it was cool it was i mean 5500 minutes i would hope it's good <laughs> i'm assuming he talks about when he gave himself rabdo you yes, know, one or two times where he's like, yeah. "I'm going to kill myself to win this." Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, right. it, it, mental toughness wise, huge, huge. Those two books, books are huge. Okay. Big difference in my in my uh, mindset and 
in helping me do better in, in practical shooting. And and for those not mathematically inclined, that's greater than ninety hours of listening. <laughs> I was yeah. hoping you would figure that out because I'm like, that's a lot. I just don't know how much. That, that's a lot. Okay, <laughs> almost four days worth of listening. That's crazy. Four right. straight days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, uh, interestingly enough, that's actually a pretty decent segue uh, because uh, both both he and you seem to be kind of on that upward trajectory of uh, elite awesomeness in uh, in a human that. being. So, who is your favorite superhero? See, that's a, that's another one. You know, I was listening to Matt's podcast. I'm like, oh, man, who who would I who would I choose? I mean, back in the day, Superman was probably my favorite. You know, at this point, I don't really think about it much anymore. But but I always liked I always liked he you know he's fast and 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 he you know was so strong and this and that and he was he was just he was the superhero like the original superhero. So to me, that was pretty cool. Okay. All right. All right. Now your favorite gun and caliber, but they don't have to be the same. Like mine is a. It could be a pistol and a rifle caliber or whatever. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, currently speaking, the Atlas guns that I'm shooting, they're probably my favorites. Uh, they're, they're my first real taste of 2011s, and uh, I've, I've liked them a lot so far, right? Caliber-wise, I mean, I don't really have a, a preference or a favorite, but I shot a lot of nine over the, over the past couple of years. So I probably shot 150,000 rounds of nine. So... That's probably that's probably in terms of action is is my favorite. Okay. So do you shoot production or limited? I shot production from when I started shooting USPSA, and I started uh, I started shooting limited last the last five months, November of last year. So right after nationals. Yeah. Uh, well, after limited nationals, yeah, but. Um, production nationals was back in May. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was early, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they they did that to us. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, that wasn't very nice of them. <laughs> so, are you? Are, hard, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit then, mm -hmm. uh, since sure. we talked about it. Are you shooting limited nationals or production nationals? So I am still undecided. Um, oh. It depends on a couple things. Right. So production was always my that was what I wanted to do everything in. But if production production is kind of dying out for one. So, you know, if it's dying out and then the competition really isn't there, I want to go where the competition goes for the most part. Um, so that's one consideration, too, if I'm shooting limited really well, which it seems like it seems like it's going to be a good fit for me. I'll stay with limited. It's not, it's not, uh, I'm not committed to one or the other. My goals are the same regardless of the division. So, but I'm not decided yet on what I'm going to do. Okay. I mean, there's a chance Mills could be shooting production in October. Yeah. Either way, the goal is the same. So, right. It's just a matter of who, which top guy am I, am I, am I trying to gauge off of? I hear you. Okay. So, when was the first time you shot a gun? First time I shot a gun, I want to say it was around 2008. So I was, uh, I was about 25 at the time. So we're from New York. Right? Adult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually built my first gun. 
So I built my first day Cracker Jack box? Or? No, like, you know, put a lower <laughs> together, that kind of, assemble, I should say. Assemble. Okay, okay. You know. So an AR type yep. of thing? Yep, okay. I built an, built an AR at the time. Uh, I remember the first time I went to shoot it, I was, uh, you know, you you get that nervousness that, like, is it going to work? You know, like. <laughs> right, it's something going to blow up. And then I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then, and then. You know, it wasn't that loud with my, with, you know, I said, oh, it's not that loud with my, my hearing protection. So I popped one ear a little bit and, and I'll never do that again. <laughs> I, I had ringing in my ear for about a week. So, oh, wow. Because it was okay. it was one of the, the Michelec comps, right? Oh, it was a wow. New York compliant gun at the time wow. based on New York's law back then. They were they are an AWB state. And um, yeah, it was it was it was louder than I expected it to be. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, just to, just for future reference, it's a contained explosion. Yeah, yeah. Just for for everyone out there, guns go we boom. We do we do silly things. And I was like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. I'm right behind the gun. It's not gonna make a difference. And it was like ping, and I'm, like, I'm behind the sound. The right. sound's All in the front noise of me. Is going yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's no problem. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like the Call, call of Duty works. flashbang. Like that's what I heard. It's, it's funny, man. Oh lord. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and, and it didn't go away for a couple of days. So, so how how at twenty five did you decide? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna construct an AR and go shoot. So, so I'd always been into first person shooters. I always like playing first person shooters most of my life, right? Um, and I had some friends that were that were getting into that were getting into shooting. They were building guns and this and that, like. My, my friend Brian, who's an NYPD, I think he's an NYPD sergeant now, he had showed me his first, like the, he had brought Bushmaster AR over to my house. We were, we were all car guys at the time. So we were all, you know, building, modifying cars. Like every, every weekend we'd have like 15 cars doing work, like down the block. It was, it was fun at the time. Um, and he brought it over and I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Right. And then like after that, it was a couple months later, like I figured out how to do it and what I needed to get found ar15.com and then and then you know a couple months later i had my first build it was uh it was a stag a stag upper they had a group buy and i bought i purchased a lower from one of the stores around here and it was a stag yeah because the, the the parts kit came from stag and then the whole upper was a stag upper and it was a good gun i had it for for quite a while i ran through a couple classes and that and it worked it ran hard okay so how did you go from putting together an AR and, and shooting that for your first time to, mm -hmm. I think I'm going to buy a pistol and shoot USPSA. So the transition took a while. Um, I was, I, I played volleyball at the time competitively and I, I was pursuing volleyball with the same kind of focus and intent that I'm pursuing uh, shooting now. Uh, 20, 2010, I had a I had a motorcycle accident and I lost the use of my my right foot in terms of being able to lift it up. Um, a lot of bad shit, you know, a whole bunch of other body stuff that went on. I didn't have road rest, but I you know I was bleeding internally, a whole other stuff. But um, I have dropped foot and I can't lift my right foot. So 2011, uh, so volleyball sports like like hard, hard cutting sports, playing at a high level was not going to happen, right? And I wasn't getting paid to do it, so it's it wasn't worth it. So I had seen a class advertised in late 2011, rifle class, right? Uh, Modern Defensive Training Systems is the, is the name of the company who did it. Chris Fry is the owner. 
so I went over there and I, and I took the class and I was like, this is awesome. How, like, how can I learn how to teach? Right. And talk to, talk to Chris. Um, this is something I can get very good at and, and be good at for a long time without having to be the most athletic. So I got my instructor certifications the next year. Right. And along that 2009, I got my handgun permit and, you know, I started to learn about shooting handgun. I wasn't very good at the beginning, but, um, did well with the defensive stuff over the next couple of years. And then it was like, I trained with tactical performance center, Frank Proctor, Travis Haley, the guys that start to blend both performance and defensive shooting. Right. And mm -hmm. I said, I was always performing at the top of those classes. And I said, well, now I got to see what I can do in competition. Right. And originally it was like, yeah, I'm going to shoot two competitions in the first year, you know, and in 2018, started and i shot my first competition I'm like yes this is what i'm going for like done you know the obsession took over they sunk the hook deep in you oh they did and it's still it's still in there <laughs> it's probably like five wow oh so how many matches are you shooting a year now uh i at this point last mid last year and now this year i'm probably shooting probably shooting three a month I think I have this year, I think I have 15 majors set up or something like that. I got to take a look wow. at that. Let me see. Hold Goodness. on. One, two, three, okay. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Nationals and then area six that I just shot. So, yeah, 15. <laughs> wow. Casual participation okay. is not necessary. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Holy cow. So, well, first off, how tall are you? Six three. Oh, uh, we got a ringer, Leo. Well, yeah, when he, he said he played stuff. volleyball, yeah, I was, was like, like, so I had a sand or indoor? No, it was indoor. I like this. Okay. I like the speed of indoor better because it was it was all about you're moving constantly, agility, jumping. You know, my my vertical was close to 40 inches at the time. So I was going to ask, were you up of the net just slapping people in the face with big old balls? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I said what I said. Right? I don't take it back. That's what she, that's what she said. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Just think about that. Like, how big is that hand? Like, I would love to be able to put your hand and Huggy's hand together <laughs> and see just that wow. meat hook slapping a ball in somebody's eye hole. Oh, I, I almost knocked someone out one time. See, it was it was it was bad. Like like he his hands were too slow, and it literally smacked him right in the eye. And he was like, he was like wobbling around and, and dizzy for like fifteen minutes. Savage. It's pretty savage compared. Hey man, to I can to find another sport. Yeah, yeah. Or faster hands. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like the, anything at those elite levels. Like you catch a, a like a an elite level soccer player, you catch a, yeah. a ball to the face. That like oof. that shit hurts. Yeah, it's not like my my five year old hit me in the face with a freaking ball from the ball pit. Like it's not the yeah. same. No. Yeah. No, it's 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 unpleasant. Yeah. Put it that way. Almost as unpleasant as taking your earmuffs off when you're shooting. Yeah, well, that's, you know, <laughs> rookie mistake as we call it, right? That's that kind of dumb, but it happens. Guys, wear your ear protection all the time. Yeah. But yeah, we've done the formula, and so right now you meet at least one of the criteria for being a national champion, which is right. that you're above six foot. Awesome, man. Well, that's 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 yeah. my goal in uh, in three years. So, uh, twenty twenty four. That's that's where I'm looking. Him and Trump. 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's, that'd be, that would be awesome. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. Me and Mr. <laughs> me and Mr. Donald going after it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, Atlas guns earlier. What are yes. you shooting in production? So in production currently, uh, so I was shooting Shadow Twos up until the end of last year, and then I started to notice. Um, the front heavy design of the Shadow 2 is not so great for transitions, right? My recoil control is fine. I don't need to do anything with that. So I noticed I was having to stop the inertia, the extra mass that sits in front of the in front of the gun. So I started looking at other options. And ironically, I said, oh, well, Nils, sh Nils shot a Canic, right? Or Janik, as they pronounce it, right? And, it's and a Canic. He won, he won, yeah. <laughs> he won nationals. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got. I was just. Where's my? I was literally. I literally just put it down before. Before my. Uh, hold on, right here. Here we go. Yeah. So a guy on go. training group forum was was selling two of them, and I said he's like he's like I'm looking for a trade for a shadow. So I'm like, okay, I have a shadow. I had three of them at the time, so I said okay, hey, you want to trade? Straight up trade. I got two cannons. Got one that's brand new. I got this one that had a couple thousand rounds on it, um, and I've been impressed ever since. The balance is excellent on those guns. And it's like a little laser beam. It goes pew, pew. like second you look, it shows up like, right. You got to make the yeah. noises too. Noises are important. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't count. Right. Hmm. No, it doesn't well, count. And, and when, when we interviewed Phil Strader after nationals, uh -huh. he was, he was sweating that Nils was going to win limited with a canic because he's like oh my god if this guy wins with a nine millimeter my boss is going to tell me to stop all 40 production and yeah. we're done with 40. he came so, so close to it too he really did yeah that was impressive. super close it, yeah it's that guy with a gun is very impressive yeah yeah <laughs> and he's over six foot so he's good. well over six foot. yeah <laughs> but i was at shot show and there was a guy that made Nils look short, so that works for Canic. Okay. I think he's six foot ten. Wow. Something like that. I haven't seen. He's I haven't really seen tall. one of those in a long time. Not since my yeah, basketball. He's, he's really tall. Yeah. Even uh, Andre Arlovsky was there, and he made Nils look small, which Andre's not a small dude anyway. So. Yeah. No, he's not. Um. So, okay, in your, what are you, are you doing hand loads out of your Canic? Yes. Yeah, so I shoot, um, in my Canic, I was using Tight Group, uh, Brass Monkey Bullets, they sponsor me uh, this year. Okay. So um, I was shooting their, one, their 125 round nose out of it, and it was, it runs good. But they, they have some, they have some good bullets just in general. I mean, their 125s are good, their 135s are good. So Hwanchik is sponsored by them also as of recently he likes their 150s out of the it's 147s or 150s out of the pdp shooting you know he was telling me the polymer guns are a little bit better with the with the heavier bullets he prefers yeah, it I that way him, yeah i heard him saying something about that recently how he's liking the feel of the recoil better with the one it's either 147 or 50 like you said yeah the yeah. heavier bullet have you changed anything on your canic the trigger or the springs uh, so this, this one, this one here, this one came to me like, with the exception of the silicon carbide I did, this came to me like this. So it's got a Freedom Smith trigger. It's got a Sprinko recoil system in here, uh, Sprinko okay. striker. Um, yeah. 
I want to say there's there's uh there's one more thing in here. I just can't I can't think of it right now. But I he put the brass backstrap on here, so that adds a little bit more balance to it. And I did the uh, the silicon carbide job uh, with the help of uh, YouTube, right? The YouTube. Um, I, I want to do it, but I'm so afraid I'm going to screw it up bad and, and not be able to get it off. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, honestly speaking, uh, if you if you send me a message, just remind me, and I'll send you the video I used for it. And okay. honestly, I it, it was really easy to do. It was 20, 30 minutes, and the and the materials they cost you forty bucks, and they last you like ten guns. So like you you okay. have plenty of screwing up that you could do. Yeah, you know? and the upside you got more than one that you can practice on. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I had the this I'll, one had the I'll talent groups on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So so my 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 fiance she was she was with me at the training group some and she shot my Atlas guns and she's not she's tough right like when it comes to that but her plan was like literally bleeding because of how aggressive those grips are there's some there's some some permanent permanent markings on the gun from where you know she was like ripping skin off so it was it was funny but um yeah no it, it that works that works it works well it takes 20 minutes to do and and it makes it makes a great difference and, and the tutorial on on, on the, the video was was excellent i had the town groups on here before and I found that within like a couple weeks of training from my, just from my grip pressure, I literally ripped, started ripping the talent grips off because I was heating up the adhesive and actually removing the grips. I mean, it's not designed for Superman hands. Yeah. That's just, yeah. you have freakishly non-human monkey hands. That's just, yeah. you can't. Yeah. With all, with all the calluses to boot too. So yeah, that's so the upside to having small hands. Yeah. And I like a super um, gritty grip yeah so, so i was using the towel and i thought they were okay um mm -hmm. i was finding that it was coming off so like leo and i went to handle it grips not a sponsor it's a, it's but a, right definitely not a yeah. sponsor uh and <clears throat> i tried that um it's a little grittier which i like but i was just at the delmarva match over the weekend and bill duda was making fun of me saying you know he's like really you're going to use handle it grips because I guess he used them and they would spin on them. They would rotate yeah. on the grip. And yep. that's when he ended up going to silicone carbide. So yeah, I'm still considering doing that. Super, super happy with, with, with the result for sure. I think I use 60, 60 slash 90 on mine. And it's, it's a good, it's a good blend. If you like a little bit more aggressive, okay. they, the guy talks yeah. about more aggressive ones in the video and he does okay. a great, he did a great job. It's really easy to follow along with too. Yeah, I'm gonna let Dave do it first. Yeah, <laughs> on his wife's gun. Yeah, which is <laughs> man, Listen. my wife doesn't have a gun, so you know we gotta sacrifice somebody. There you Listen. go. You toughen up her hands too. She gets some calluses. She'll be good to go. <laughs> now, have have you seen or had a chance to shoot the new rival? I have not, but I am very curious. The main thing that that the main thing that I really like about the rival, more than anything, is is the magwell is a little flare. Right. Yes. So this magwell is, is very. This is Shadow Two magwell. So I learned to reload how I reload on a Shadow Two. So I'm not. I'm no stranger to tiny magwells. But um, mm. the rival with a little bit of extra flare, you know, gives you a little bit more room for error. Right. A little bit more room yep. for error is always nice. For sure. Yeah, and it's not a lot. It's just a little bit. But yeah, just absolutely. Enough. Doesn't have to be yep. much to make a big difference. Well, and the reason I ask is. Um, it doesn't have the 5.2, but it's got the 5-point-inch barrel, but I, I now have one. 
but when I was messing with them at Shot Show as well, I mean the rear sights are fully adjustable for elevation and oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's Dave, great. do you have yours back? You can pinpoint it. What's that? I do. Do you have yours back? I can pull mine off yeah, the wall. You all right, go ahead and pull yours off the yeah, wall. Do it. Because I don't have mine right here. So <laughs> I had an issue where um there's something up with the chamber cut on it. Okay. There were some bullets that hand load only that didn't want to work in the chamber, but they'd work in all my other mechanics. So okay. they just sent me a new one. I did notice something where I had to load a little bit shorter for this one than the shadow two. And I load the shadow two short to begin with. Yeah. That's, so here's your flare magwell. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yep. Just compared to, compared to the, the beat up. Now flip it around though here. and show them the, uh, it just looks yours cool. already has a dot on it. So, oh, yeah, but I have That's actually, right. hold on. I have the uh, the site. You got the plate? Yeah, grab yep. the plate. It's the upside of doing your Here show in the gun room. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You can see it's even indexed in the middle so you yeah. know exactly yep. where the center line is. So, very nice. That, very is, that is a very, very nice feature. Yeah, I wouldn't expect nice. that out of a, you know, just a standard factory gun. Right. So, Some of those Turkish guns have been been kind of, kind of nice coming out. My buddy, my buddy Noel, he he works with uh, Gerson, right? And and the, the way they come out with changes, it's it's quick, right? We were talking about their regard, and we were talking about the same kind of thing. And it, within like a couple of weeks, like all of a sudden, we see fiber optic front sight, and we got a fully adjustable rear. You know, and it's it's quick, and they're, they, you know, he has a gun named after him too, which is kind of cool. Oh wow, that's been, pretty wild. He's been shooting for them for a couple of years. He's got a 1911, one of their 1911s named after him. It's like the 1911 SC Knoll or something like that. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, not many wow. people can say that. No, not at all. So. How long did it take you to make GM shooting production? So I started in April of 20. My first USPSA match was uh, April 2018-ish. Okay. Right. Um, technically speaking, if the Nationals classifier would have gone through in May, I would have had it in May. So just about three years. Yeah, three years. Um, but it took the extra six or seven months for it to finally go through. So, so I had it by, you know, it was end of November, beginning of December, this, this past, past year. Right. But you actually shot the score in May. So yeah. 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 It was, it was uh, like 96% on that stage. And then, and then it was, okay. uh, yeah. So it, it was, it was a hundred. And then at the time I was like, yeah, no, I got, I got everything now. But then I was shooting, you know, shoot a bunch of other majors and, you know, I had a hundred that was coming out and, you know, the whole math and stuff. So I was like, ah. So I shot, um, I, you know, I had like an 87 and then an 88 and then, I, and then I had one at our local, one of our local ranges in Staten Island and it was 93 and I needed a 92 and I'm like, okay, I'm not shooting production again until I know that this classifier is going through or not. You know, I had heard that it was, but I didn't want to, you know, and Ben and Ben, Ben reached, Ben and I were talking. He's like, he's like, yeah, don't shoot production for a little while. <laughs> right let it go through mm -hmm. yeah i hear you 
Now, what did you think of Area 6? Area 6 was fun. Um, for me, so being in New York, we're shooting 10-round capacity quite a bit. Everything's pretty much 10 rounds. So being able to shoot a, a normal capacity match, right, and limited was fun. It was, it, was, it was fun and it was challenging in a different way. So I had only shot two high-cap matches before that or one high cap match before us. So that was my second. Um, so learning how to, you know, uh, like I'm walking stage and I'm like, I don't have, I don't have to reload. Like I could just do one, right. I don't have to, I don't have to do three or two or whatever. Right. So it afford it, it affords me some opportunity to try to choose different plans, learn how to shoot on the move better, all that kind of stuff, which is actually why I wanted to shoot limited also mentally, mentally, my mind wants to hold me back where my body wants to go. So the choice of limited was major scoring allows me to agree to looser terms mentally to allow my body to do more of that, what it wants to do naturally. And the result is going to be, is the results going to be good as a result. You know, I, I'm, I'm more capable than my mind wants to hold me back for doing. Right. right your, and then the shooting in the mind is your, it's governing you. Yeah. Yes. If I, if I let it, yes, I have to fight my mind. I basically have to feel uncomfortable. A little bit uncomfortable to get my best performance. That's pretty good. Uh, pretty good competition there. You got Travis Tomasi, Shane Coley, mm -hmm. John Browning. Mm -hmm. Okay. For this year's goal, I have another eight percent to go, eight to nine percent. Okay. Now, did you get to shoot with any of them, or were you? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Um, I've met Travis before. I actually walked stages in the 2019 Nationals with him. He was a great dude. You know, he seemed um, like it. Yeah, super nice, super nice guy, very helpful. You know, one of those guys like. Guys... Oh, God, go ahead. No, I was gonna say he's one of those guys like he's just he's just you, you can't you can never get mad at him even because he's just so nice all the time. I feel like you guys could have like a side bet though on your reloads during the match. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reloads were my were my initial obsession for sure. I probably spent a lot more time chasing them than I should have, but you know, so yeah, it's how it goes. It teaches yeah. you stuff too, you know. Try and try and excel at one thing like that teaches you a lot, uh, really a lot about how to how to chase that level of detail in something else, in something that now now it's chasing the right thing, you know. Chasing reloads is cool, but you know, you're doing even in production, you're doing two or three reloads in a stage. It's it's not as much as let's say chasing perfect transitions, right? That's going to save you one to two tenths of a second on on a 32 round field course, 20 transitions, you know? Right. So, yeah. but being able to do that to that level now allows me to, to, to put, put my mind to work to figure out the same thing when it comes to transitions or movement or efficiency, you know, and that yeah, now yeah. pays off. And again, mathematically, I mean, if, your transitions are just a quarter of a second faster mm -hmm. over 20 of them. Mm -hmm. You're talking five seconds worth of transition time without doing anything different. Exactly. Yeah. Just with that. So mm -hmm. what would you say right now? What do you think is the area that you need to work on to get you to that top 10 level? So, so where I'm going to, where I'm focusing this year's skill development is on movement, right? 
So, so okay. especially with, with my, my drop foot issue, it makes movement different for me compared to other people. So I have to work harder to do the same things that other people might, might be able to do a little bit, a little bit more naturally. Right. So movement for me is literally what I'm practicing probably 80 to 90% of the time at this point. Static stuff last year, I spent all year working on transitions. So now it's to the point where I can put that on almost autopilot. So drive my vision to the right spots and let the gun come there. And now I can start to really pay attention to the lower half of my body uh, at that level of detail that I chased transitions the year before and that I chased reloads the year before that and so on and so forth. Okay. So I have a couple of questions on that then. Absolutely, because, man. Because one, I'll start with, um, I don't want to call it prosthetic, but are there shoes that are somewhat spring-loaded in the bottom that can help with the rise of the foot back up into a normal position? No. Uh, I don't know if I have it have here. I'll show you what I'm wearing currently, right? Okay. So we're going to get taking taking my shoes off now. going to get a little weird. But... It's a scratch and sniff? Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't <laughs> want to sniff these ones, but teach their own, I guess. So what I currently wear now. So this is this is made by a company called Sabo, right? And you see how there are these little strings here? Yeah. Right? There are eyelets that hook into the shoe right here. Okay. Right? So the way this goes on, and these are like the boa straps. So like like when you loosen it, you can pull up, pull the, the string, and then what you do is you ratchet it. Right? Okay. So this goes around my foot, right? And there's a little magnet strap that, that holds it together. It'll help if I put it together correctly right so this this goes on like that right you see that there okay yep and then the the strings that goes around my ankle and, and the strings hook into these little straps here oh okay and what happens is same concept now when i ratchet it up it lifts my foot up to my desired level I, you know right higher or lower doesn't it. really matter right what okay. i used to wear was a carbon fiber insole right that went into underneath underneath the insole of the shoe and it actually had a strut that came up and went around the back that connected to the top of my leg so it was very um supportive but it was very rigid and then you okay. couldn't really feel the ground very well so once once i oh. bought this from this company and i actually gave i actually posted a video review from one of their older versions um and they were kind enough to actually send me this newer version um once I once I went to this, I have a lot more ground feel, and and I feel that I can move. I have a lot more stability because my foot has more degrees of freedom, so to speak. Right, yeah. I can actually move move it. I have good stability despite having a half working foot, <laughs> but um, right. being able to feel just everything. Lifting it back up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I need. I could push, I could push down, and I can I can turn inward, but I can't go outward or pull up. And, right. And I mean, that was going to be my question is it, you can still push off fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I could push off. I could push off like normal, you know, okay. uh, just the stabilization part requires more on my, on my leg versus my, my ankle doing the work. Right. So my, my, my quads, my glutes, like all that stuff um, is what I need to balance versus just being able to articulate the ankle. Like, like we normally would be able to do. Okay. And I mean, for, for most people, I know for me, 
I do a lot of feel with my feet when I move mm -hmm. into a position, especially, you know, in the corner of the fault line, mm -hmm. when you're putting, when you're planting your foot there, you can kind of feel where you're at and how you need to adjust your foot if need be. So having something solid like that and not being able to fill the ground very well would not be, oh. that would be difficult. Yeah. True, true story. 2019 area seven. That was my first major back when I was a uh, B class. I shot one stage, right? And there was a position where you went into a corner, you shot some stuff, um, you know, uh, drop out the target, you know, with an activator, that kind of stuff, right? And I shot the stage and I was like, yeah, that was awesome, right? But I didn't realize because I had that big old strut brace like thing that my foot had actually leaned out and touched uh... the ground for five shots. So oh no! Five. So the guy walks up. He says, "Yeah, you shot five shots from outside, outside the firing." Like, Man, went from third on the stage to like fiftieth or something like that. Now I'm going to the practice score app and doing the what if. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did the what if when I got home for sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. But, yeah, you know, it's learning. That's all. Now the other part of my question was, you. Wanzik is huge on movement and all of that. So did you get a chance to kind of pick his brain a little bit with that stuff while you were at the summit? So not at the summit, but so him and I, him and I, you know, we're, uh, we're what we consider, what I would consider good friends at this point. Like I said, we talk, we talk about two or three times a week. Um, last year I went to go visit him. in, in Washington. And what we did was, uh, you know, we had a three day, like we were just training together. Um, and actually at that time, we, we tried to figure out what way to start pursuing movement for me, you know, and with my situation. So, so on PSTG, there's actually a movement series that we did together, right. Where we actually took the videos and discussed all these things, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and, and it's on PSTG for everybody to look at now. So you can see exactly how that went and why I kind of choose to move the way that i move now it's made a, it made a big difference 100 percent. he even you know he even took me to his physical therapist right you know to to see see about some of that stuff and see what we can work on in terms of movement you know it's really he really tried to go above and beyond to help me out and uh and, and it's definitely it's paying off for sure but you know that that's kind of his personality too one yes. he's he, he likes to help people but two he's very inquisitive you know, mm -hmm. so I'm sure for even his own knowledge benefit, he would enjoy doing that and learning how in the world to overcome things like that, too. Yes. And and he's so he would actually tell me some of the things that he would do is he would do things wrong on purpose just so he can understand how to teach somebody that's doing that wrong thing. So like the wrong things with the grip, he would, he would actually shoot like completely wrong on purpose to understand what he might tell somebody in that case to do, hmm. which is, yeah. I mean, he is, he's totally committed to being a mentor and a, and a guide, you know, he's, yeah. and he's just an awesome dude, hundred percent. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that he's a mentor to me. That's, that's, it's helped me a ton. On a sad point, I don't have to mess up on purpose. <laughs> I do plenty of it on accident. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Are you going to say something, Leo? 
Yeah, I was going to uh, something very similar. Like, I'd love to see what he messed up on so that he can, I mean, insert mess up here and you'd probably be like, oh, Leo, I can help you fix that. He he shot. So one of the things he did, he shot, he literally shot with a teacup grip shooting doubles on purpose just to understand how, how it works yeah. and, and why it's so weird. This would be the perfect time to have Huggy on the show. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever seen Huggy, but imagine a large African-American male holding a firearm like this. (laughs) Sorry, Dave, I'll point it somewhere else. Yes, and doing this, and that's the grip he has the first time you take him to a match. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know that guy. We're just, he just followed me. Just One of my closest friends, I've known him for over a decade. Like we were on a unit together in a fire department for like two Mm -hmm. years. I've known a guy a long time. I was, I disavowed. I was the CIA and he got stuck across enemy lines. I'm like, I don't know him. You are no longer my friend. (laughs) Yeah. Like we cannot ride the bus together. Yeah. It was, it was rough. He is pretty funny. That is, that's a tough <laughs> and one. now he's a law enforcement officer. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, did you fix in the, the grip fire though? Department. In the fire yeah, department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. the, right. the so, likelihood so of him, likelihood of him having to, to draw, let alone discharge his firearm at work, is relatively low. Yeah. Unless somebody yeah. doesn't want yeah. to get a violation for fireworks, which would be kind of silly. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> I'm gonna knock on wood real quick because I don't want to get like he's shot at. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really foresee him needing the skill set. But right, yeah. right, right. But yeah, I mean he still shoots, so <laughs> that's good. And we corrected it. So that's, yeah, oh yeah, we oh, all yeah. start somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah that was everybody and their mother was like, "Hey, let me help you fix that." And I was just like, "Yeah, everybody, you guys should go help him." I'm gonna go over here. Uh, I watched uh, I watched some of those videos back in 2018, and I'm like, I, like I just want to I, I, I just want to close my eyes and just forget it ever happened. You know, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard to look back at some of that stuff. But that's progress. So I wanna, that's good. I, I want to play a couple of videos from sure. your um, Instagram if you're good with that. No, whatever you want to do. Okay, uh, let me make sure I'm sharing the right screen. Now there, you're. Okay, there shouldn't be any volume with this. Okay. Um, so we will be the only volume. Sure. But this was one of the neat ones I saw on your Instagram that you had put up, and it was a transition training exercise. Yep. Um, do you mind taking a moment while it's going and just talk about what what you're doing and why? So, yep. So as it's as we're playing it, right? What I'm describing to people is the transition process, right? So the way we break this down in terms of working transitions and dry fire, live fire, we break it down into its components, right? So eyes and head are always moving at maximum speed. So the first thing I'm trying to do is, is find a very small spot on target as fast as I possibly can, right? Okay. The next thing I'm doing is I'm bringing my arms into it. So eyes and head are still moving at maximum speed. But now your arms are coming over precisely. They're not over transitioning from shoulder tension. They're not stopping short because you're not looking precisely enough. Those kind of things. Right. Okay. 
and then we take there. Yeah. And then what we okay. do is we take the gun out after that and we don't do the trigger press because now the sights are the, the sights or the fiber is going to give you more visual information that you have to process. Right. So it's the same concept. Right. Except now you're seeing in my case, I'm looking for the fiber while target focused. Right. So eyes are going maximum speed to the next spot. Gun is showing up there. I'm seeing the fiber. Right. Then I'm going on to the next spot. The trigger press adds an extra stimulus, an extra variable that can potentially cause issues. So you don't know if it was the trigger press that was off or your transition was off. Right. Uh, okay. And then at the end, I did the whole thing because it just looked cool. So that's that's one of my uh, that's one of my staple drills that I've been doing. Um, and it's specifically in my case for visual speed, you know, with, with the gun and in terms of recognition of what I want to do, what I want to see and, and shoot quickly. Right. And now I'm not broken it down quite like you have here, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done something similar and it helped me because at one point I couldn't tell. I didn't know if I was leading with my eyes or following my dot. Mm -hmm. So I was doing where I would in dry fire, put my gun out on my target and then snap my eyes to the next target. And then once I found visually where I was going to shoot, Okay. Then I allowed myself to transition over, if that makes sense. Yep. It's a common um, way to seemed, start it. And, and that, that seemed to work for me, but I, I really like this. I think this is good, especially for someone. Had I been doing this then, I think I would have been much further ahead where you're breaking it down bit by bit by bit. Mm -hmm. and, okay. and there's a lot, there's a, everything, if you could break it down into little bits, you can get pretty, pretty good, pretty fast by doing that. My reloads, I did the same thing. I broke it down into five parts, right? Most people okay. do like the, the Burkett, right? So they do the Burkett, they get, they get the mag, bring it up and stop it. Right. And then they reset right. it or they insert it, whatever. I had five individual micro drills within the reload process. And it's actually on my YouTube as well for people. It's really? still, it's still up for people to see. It's a, it's a while back, but this kind of, this kind of work, that I, that I showed here, I did this in, I think it was 20, 2019 or 2020. Um, like I would do that before, before every drill I did, I would do, I'd move my head and eyes really fast and then I'd bring my arms into it and then I'd bring the gun into it. Right. Oh, wow. And the reload is just, the reload is just cause it's cool. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, gotta wow the people with something. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird when I post a video without a reload cause someone always comments, Hey, there's no reload in this video. <laughs> right. Um, so what else we got now, here? So I've got a couple of things. One, I'll do the reload elbow. I sure. call it the reload elbow. Yep, yep. Um, because when I watched your video, I kind of feel like I might still be doing this a little bit. Okay. Um, but I also had a question separate after watching you do this. Absolutely. So I'll let you. Oh, oh, well, here, let me talk. So, so yeah, what most people do, yeah, the most, um, I'm watching myself. I'm like, cause I, I, I enjoyed making this video, right? Okay. A lot of people, they like to, they like to chicken wing, chicken wing the, the reload. And what happens is that creates a, an odd path for the reload to take. Right. So what I learned is by just, as soon as you grab, grab the mag, if you bring the, the mag out of the pouch and drop your elbow, the mag rotates right to the, the spot that I want it to be. And I'm a little different than most people in the sense that I like to set the reload position first. So I like to, I like to, I like to 
figure out where the mag's going to end up most naturally and then i make the gun work around that spot and typically speaking oh. it's about it's about chest height and it's about eight to ten inches from your body right people think i reload low but I actually i actually just pull my my arm in until my bicep touches my my pec or my rib cage and that's where my reload occurs oh yeah there it was at the end in slow motion okay yep. Yeah, so because so that I, that was that was the idea there. I was I was giving a lot of people at the time on, on my online lessons like that correction because I'd see their elbow go up like this, and then and then this creates a lot of in, inconsistency. Now, do you do you, I feel like my issue is I'm exaggerating the draw from the pouch, like I'm mm -hmm. having to clear it almost. Could um, be. That could create that could create tension. Also, if you think about it, like that excess. Because now you're really trying to get it out. You're creating a lot of tension in your shoulder, and then it's it's causing tension-related issues getting it up to the spot. But if you can if you can just find out first where the mag is going to be, and now adjust your gun to that spot, which is typically the magwell is pointed at the mag pouch, right? right. Um, I'm not. I don't see inside the magwell either. Like I don't see physically inside because if it's physically, if I could see the the, the bottom line of the magwell, my angle now becomes this. Gotcha. in some way shape or form so i see the bottom line of the grip so like if i'm if i if i got the gun here right i see this line give me here. one second let me change yeah, this there you go all right go ahead and do it now so so i'm seeing the bottom line i don't see inside gotcha right because if you're seeing okay. inside your angle's off a little bit but at least oh the other thing too since we since i got this here i try to get to the spot where i'm touching my my index finger to the bottom of the grip Okay. Because now, right, what most people, the most common problem with people's reloads is they, they get to here and then they want to send the mag home. That's awesome if that's like that. And this is this is the internet, so I'm not actually pointing a gun at you. But so this looks good here, right? It looks good to us, right? Right. So look at that. Right. So what happens is now they release control of the mag here and they go, and they go, Flying, flying all over the place. Bye-bye magazine. So by being able to get to this specific spot here, right, where, where you're already touching the grip, now the mag is already partially inserted. Yeah, there's and only one place it can go. Right. If you can, The faster you can recognize that or confirm that the mag is going in, you can send the mag home. And what happens if not? Now you have full control up to this spot, right? And if you bump, right, you might, you'll feel it first probably. You'll still have control of it, and then you can just put it where it needs to go and insert doesn't cost you as much time. It also creates less stress mentally, right? Because that's okay. the problem with people trying to reload fast. They get mentally rushed, and then they try to do this, this crazy stuff, right? If this, if it's as simple as, is it going in? Yes, put the mag in. Is it going in? No, put it where it needs to go in. Put it in. It makes it simple, right? Simple yeah. creates less stress. You don't worry about it as much. There's a, there's a, a, a Nationals video on my Instagram, right, where I'm actually able to to process things at, at such a high level with the reload. Um, it, it was a standing reload state. So it's two, 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 two reload and two and, and a stack in the middle, right? Body, body, head, head. And, and I remember on that, on that stage, right? You take a look on the Instagram later. Um, I remember seeing the witness holes on the, on the, on the Mac and seeing the numbers wow. as if I were holding it in my hand, looking at it like this at full speed. It was cool. 
just wow. shows you when you push yourself to try to process faster, like you can process a lot more than you think. Wow. Yeah. You just have to train yourself to do it. Wow. Yes. So I noticed um, that it, it looks like you have bullets out in a mag pouch. I do. Now, do you prefer that over bullets forward? So, yeah, so this is my setup here. Google Reboss is what I use. These these have worked the best for me, by the way. They don't okay. break. Uh, not, a, you know, they, they're, and the release is good and they don't fall out. But uh, so when I first started, I started doing bullets forward, right? And I, I had seen Ben's website and I, I actually reached out to him on Instagram and I said, hey, you know, what do you, what do you think about bullets forward or bullets out? Right. And he said, it really doesn't matter. And truthfully, I agree with that. I don't think it matters a lot. I think if you're comfortable with it, you know, run bullets forward. If you, if you're, if you want to run bullets out to try it, that's great. That's what I did. I just tried it for, for a bit and I just liked it. It was, it was good. What I do like about it is that I can grab each mag individually if I choose. Right. So they don't really get in the way. You're not kind of sweeping back and running mags into other mags potentially. Um, the other thing that I like is that when you go to grab the mag, right, your wrist doesn't have to rotate. So when you grab bullets forward, your wrist has to rotate, right? Whereas bullets out, your wrist just, you're, you're just come up to the spot. Bullets out is not as good when you start moving the pouches forward. So like in my, in my production setup, even after the, um, even after the, the change, the rule change, right? right. This was my first patch before, right? I took my fifth patch and I moved it in front. And that's all I did. Okay. So so now my, I don't have to use as much shoulder to get further back. And I get a right. little bit, it, the reload isn't, the time really isn't any different. I don't remember. I think I did my, I think I did my fastest reload um, on video or, or in a session with just a normal first pouch, like the hip bone pouch back in back in 2020 or something like that so it doesn't make that much difference you know until next time don't be a little bitch yeah <laughs>